0: to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. Our feature company today is Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals. Paradigm is a company listed on the ASX with the code PAR. It's a late-stage drug development company. Its commercial focus is the development of an injectable drug to treat osteoarthritis. Paradigm has advanced to phase three trials in the space. The CEO of Paradigm is Paul Rennie, and he joins me now. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Thanks very much for having me. You've been at the helm of Paradigm
1: for some years now. Tell me about the business. Sure. So we started the business in 2014 as a private company. We ran the business for uh, about 12 months while we got things set up so that we could launch into the ASX with um, what we considered to be a very attractive investment proposition. And so we got all the necessary uh, business contracts done. That was with key staff, key suppliers. And we also filed some of our patents and then when we were ready, we listed in 2015. And uh, the business, as you said, is is about investing shareholder funds in the clinical development of a drug, pentosan polysulfate sodium, or PPS. It's injected subcutaneously, so just under the skin, around the abdomen, uh, two injections a week for six weeks, a total of 12 injections. And we are studying the effects of this drug and its ability to reduce the symptoms of osteoarthritis, which is pain and stiff joints. And we're also uh, getting very significant amount of data in the fact that the drug itself may also be able to reduce the progression of osteoarthritis. So in other words, stop the cartilage breakdown, stop the changes in the bone, stop the changes in the synovial capsule. And that is all very, very encouraging news for people who suffer from osteoarthritis, which is a high percentage of the population over 45 years of age, somewhere in the region of around 22% of people over the age of 45 will have experienced or are experiencing uh, osteoarthritis in one of their joints. Can you explain to us in a
0: little little more detail, Paul, about what makes your injectable drug for osteoarthritis unique when compared to
1: other treatments that are currently on the market? It's a great question and people who suffer from osteoarthritis will probably understand that when they see their doctor they often start off with a class of drugs which are anti-inflammatories, often non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. These could be brand names such as uh, Voltaren or Celebrex, these types of products, and they have to be taken every day and uh, it's well known um, that they're not without some considerable risk of issues if they're taken on a l- over a long period of time. So often the doctor will advise the patient to take them for a few once a day for a few days, then have a break, and then recommence uh, taking the drug. And so therefore, those drugs are short acting, but have a very short duration of effect. It might be the effect of reducing some of the inflammation or reducing the pain for a a period of about six to eight hours. So one of the big differences with our drug is that we've been able to prove in a phase two double-blind placebo-controlled study, which is the gold standard for clinical assessment. Uh, So people don't know whether they're getting saline or they're getting the drug, and we assess their pain at various time points. And we assess it at uh, about uh, eight weeks after the drug's finished, at six months and at 12 months. And what we found with our recent phase two study, uh, which is PARA008, patients receiving the drug versus placebo were still having clinically meaningful and statistically significant improvement in their pain scores out to 12 months. So that's e difference. If you think about other drugs on the market, they're taken daily and uh, that can be non steroidals or could also be analgesics. Some people... Taking uh, common over-the-counter analgesics, which are taken every day, and these drugs are really not intended to be taken every day. they're, they're more for of short yeah. short-term treatment of a of a complication, whether it be inflammation or pain. So this is one of the major differences with our drug. But probably, and and most excitingly for a lot of people, is that when they hear they have osteoarthritis, that they they probably think that they might have to start limiting their um, activities, which they, they love, such as you know walking on the beach or kicking a, a football or um, cycling, whatever, and they might have to limit those activities because their, their joints are getting very sore. Now, as we age and as the disease is identified, the disease progresses over time and it generally becomes worse. So it's not like you can have a Panadol and osteoarthritis goes away. You might have a short-term benefit from taking an analgesic product, but it's not helping to solve the problem of the disease progressing. And so we've been very fortunate to work with this drug, Pindazan, Collisulfate, Sodium, and many researchers, not just Paradigm, but other researchers around the world, have thought for some time that this drug is super special because it also reduces the progression of osteoarthritis. So we wanted to look at that in this double-blind placebo-controlled study. So subjects entering the trial had a MRI at baseline, and they had an MRI at six months. So we're only looking over a six-month period, and we were absolutely delighted to see that the improvement, uh, which is measured by cartilage, thickness, cartilage volume, bone marrow lesion size and volume, and also the synovitis, which is the the degree of swelling of the synovial capsule, all improved on the drug-treated group versus the placebo. So, for example, if, if you have osteoarthritis, which is moving into the moderate to severe category, it's well understood that people will lose, on average, about 40 microns of thickness in cartilage uh, over a 12-month period, so you can imagine 40 microns this year, another 40 microns next year, and so on until the the cartilage um, is basically eroded, and that's when you get bone on bone, and it becomes incredibly painful, and the joint is largely dysfunctional. At that stage, it's very stiff, and um, what we found was that in the in the pentazan treated group. The cartilage thickness in the same area that I mentioned, the area of the joint, which is in the medial compartment, which reduces by 40 microns per year, it actually went up in the placebo groups. In other words, rebuilding cartilage, and the thickness went from baseline and improved by 60 microns. So instead of losing 40 microns over 12 months, we actually saw 60 microns of improvement in cartilage volume. What about a rundown, Paul, of your current clinical pipeline, and their potential market sizes. It probably wouldn't surprise anyone to know that the osteoarthritis is a blockbuster indication. There are hundreds of millions of people affected by osteoarthritis, whether it be in their hands, wrists, shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, toes. Everywhere. Everywhere. It can be a very debilitating disease, and it's a very large market, and that's our lead indication. So there's hundreds of millions of people with osteoarthritis globally, And as I said, around about 22% of people over the age of 45 will have some osteoarthritis in one or more joints. And that osteoarthritis doesn't go away. It's not a transient disease. It gets worse over time. Uh, Our second uh, indication is uh, a rare disease. So this has nowhere near the same uh, economic potential as osteoarthritis, but it's very interesting in that uh, people with an inborn genetic disorder um, known as mucopolysaccharidosis or MPS, uh, they can't- It's a mouthful? It it is a mouthful. (laughs) It's a very, very very big long name, but at the same time, it's a a very rare disorder. It's it's a a genetic disorder. Um, And so people who are affected by it do have ongoing issues with the destruction of their joints and there is a therapy uh, which is enzyme replacement therapy and uh, that therapy is quite effective for the overall um, breakdown of these large sugars that accumulate but that same drug enzyme replacement therapy is not effective in treating the residual pain and joint breakdown so what we thought was add our drug on top of the enzyme replacement therapy so it's contaminant therapy We found that uh, our drug is very effective in also reducing uh, or increasing the amount of these large sugars that are broken down and also providing pain relief and improvement in the joint structures of these children who um, unfortunately largely become wheelchair bound uh, at a very early age because of this disease. So that's our two major programs. We are finishing now the clinical development of the rare disease and our focus, a very sharp focus, now on bringing the drug to market
0: for osteoarthritis. I'm keen to know some of the challenges and the obstacles that Paradigm has faced during the development of PPS, and specifically, how you've overcome them.
1: Justin, that's a great question and I wish we had a couple of days to talk through this one. We've <laughs> got about half an hour, Paul. <laughs> I'm, I'm jokingly saying that, but in reality, a lot of people have actually said bringing a drug to market is probably one of the more significant and challenging tasks anyone will face in their business career. It, it is often one step forward, two steps back. And one of the things that I'm very proud of with the Paradigm team is that we have continued to remain very committed to the task of rising to the challenge each time there's an issue, and making sure that we manage that. But also, we 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 regularly talk each week about risk mitigation. So we know that this uh, issue uh, may come up with the agency or the regulatory authorities. So let's see how we can manage that risk. So, for example, when we first started. Investors were very excited, but as I say, we're now nine years into the journey, very excited, and we wanted to show them along the way that we were de risking the program. So, one of the ways we could de risk the program was to uh, have doctors who had a series of patients who could not really get effective relief through the available medications that are on the market. And those doctors could then apply to um, TGA in Canberra and be treated with the drug under a scheme called the Special Access Scheme. Now, the reason we chose that was to show investors that the drug was working very successfully in humans and very successfully in humans with osteoarthritis before we embarked on our clinical program. So today we have around about 800 cases of people who've been treated with the drug and Many of those, um, upward of 90%, have said they've had very good um, results with the drug showing significant pain reduction, significant improvement in their their function. And only two weeks ago, uh, I attended the annual general meeting for Paradigm. And at that meeting, we had probably somewhere around about a dozen people at that meeting who are Paradigm shareholders who had been treated with the drug. Had they? Yes. What was their feedback to you? It was outstanding. It was amazing. People uh, would get up and say that I had um, uh, osteoarthritis of the spine and I got treated and uh, things that I couldn't do then, I can now go back and do these things. And it's been five years since I've had my treatment. I've had two two treatment uh, doses during that time and feeling fabulous and going back to... Uh, things like taekwondo and, and things like this, which the person had to stop because of the debilitation of the osteoarthritis in the spine. We had um, a lady who had very severe osteoarthritis, who had to walk with a, a walking stick. Um, she was in constant pain and would also talk about the pain at nighttime. When you get into bed at night, there's this very dull, but consisting pulsating pain through the joint. makes it very hard to sleep. And course, not not sleeping well is another problem. So Nightmare, literally, yes. Yes, all of these people talking about the wonderful outcomes they had. And uh, at the end, I said to everyone, well, that's why we do what we do. We actually are developing this drug to help people with osteoarthritis. And it's great that we we're able to have that uh, experience with a uh, people who were so impressed with their outcomes they became shareholders. Terrific. PPS has been
0: used, Paul, for a variety of other medical conditions over the years. Could you talk to us about what PPS has previously been used to treat and how the exclusive collaboration between PAR and the original inventors of the molecule PPS was initiated?
1: So, Justin, um, First of all, pentazan polysulfate sodium was originally designed by the Benin family family in Germany, which was designed to be an alternative to heparin. So post-World War II, there was an international shortage of heparin, but heparin is a very important drug for surgical, particularly post-surgical procedures to avoid blood clotting. Um, there was a shortage of that from, which comes from an animal or came from an animal source at that time. And Dr. Wilhelm Benend, who was the, um, the father of the current family running the, the company, was a, a chemist who extracted pendexan polysulfate sodium from the European beechwood tree. And it had mild anticoagulant effects and was quite quite useful for treating people who might be um, subject to, or have a risk of developing deep vein thrombosis. So some people have a, a propensity to form clots. And they could be treated with the drug and um, not develop those clots. So it was used for that. And then many years later, um, company in the United States um, experimented with the drug and found that the drug, in an oral form, so in a tablet as opposed to an injection, the oral form of the drug was very effective in treating the pain associated with a, a bladder condition. So this is uh, it's a painful bladder syndrome or interstitial cystitis, where the wall, the internal wall of the bladder becomes inflamed and it becomes very painful. And so um, people uh, developed the drug for treating interstitial cystitis or painful bladder syndrome. And that um, has been very successful and that's now marketed by Johnson & Johnson or or their division, uh, Janssen, which is a specialty pharma division. And then um, interestingly, there was quite a number of research scientists, both in Australia and Japan and the United States, who were all researching um, around compounds for treating inflammation. And of course, one of the models that is used is often a model of osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis because of the persistent inflammation that occurs with those diseases. So, Pentazam was being used. Uh, regularly in uh, studies, uh, scientific studies, so not not in humans, but in animals, showing very good effect in terms of being able to re- reduce inflammation. And then some of the scientists started doing further work around: um, could the the drug actually affect the disease at the root cause, such as the um, the inflammation and and the Setting up of these enzymes that break down the cartilage, etc., and those papers were published and um, being reviewed by a scientist here in Australia, Professor Peter Ghosh. and he published a paper: um, Could pentasand polysulfate sodium be the first disease-modifying drug for osteoarthritis? And that sort of piqued my interest because I had a had been working in the field of um, pharmaceuticals for. Um, Musculoskeletal conditions, particularly osteoarthritis. So I contacted Peter, and Peter was uh, very enthusiastic about the drug and said that, in his opinion, this was the only drug that he'd seen that was, was actually classified as having high potential for disease modification. So I asked him more details about the drug, and he said, "There's only one, one version of the drug that you should ever consider using." And that's the version that comes from Germany because those people developed the drug. It's the other one that's been approved by the US FDA and it's the only one he's ever used in research. He knows that some companies in India and China had tried to make Penizan, um, but it was a completely different molecule, completely different activity. And so I said, well, okay, if we're going to develop it up for human use, we'll have to speak to the people at Benno. I got on a plane, I went to Ben A. And the magic happened. Yes, and, and I just I just said to the, the people there, look, this could be one of the largest selling drugs worldwide, but uh, to do that, we're going to need exclusivity. Otherwise, it's not worth our investors to participate in building a business for someone who will just come and pull the rug from us at a later date. So we need to secure the asset. So we said we want an exclusive supply agreement So the only company you can supply with the product for injectable use is Paradigm. So they can still supply their drug to Janssen or or Johnson & Johnson, but uh, supplying their drug for developing an injectable injectable version of the drug for treating osteoarthritis is is exclusive to Paradigm. And that's how it happened.
0: Paul, there are a number of diseases where inflammation plays a major role. What is the long-term vision for Paradigm beyond the development of IPPS for osteoarthritis and MPS?
1: Most people are now starting to read news articles, scientists, clinicians, etc. are now talking about the dangers of chronic inflammation. There are many, many diseases that are are based in inflammation and uh, companies are looking for ways to try and reduce that inflammatory cascade that occurs. Um, some of the diseases that we know already that our drug has worked in uh, and we have filed patents on are some of the inflammatory conditions such as psoriasis or psori- and also psoriatic arthritis. Um, we also have been working on a whole series of other diseases that have uh, a, a, a general but chronic inf- inflammatory disease pathway. So in in some cases, um, researchers identify that there's one particular inflammatory cytokine that's responsible for the disease and you can target that with an antibody and stop it from having its effect. However, in in answer to your question, there are many other diseases where there's not one uh, inflammatory cytokine, there are multiple inflammatory cytokines and that's the beauty of this drug. It, It seems to be able to work across broad spectrum of inflammatory cytokines and therefore have a, a broad application for some of these diseases that, you know, it's not just one inflammatory cytokine like TNF-alpha. It'll be TNF-alpha, IL-1, IL-6, etc., And the list goes on. And uh, PPS was shown to be a very potent but general anti-inflammatory agent. So yeah. we're, we're looking at a, a whole series of those inflammatory conditions. As I mentioned, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and many more, and we filed those patents. But right now, for investors, our focus is to get the product on the market to address the blockbuster opportunity osteoarthritis. And once that's done, we'll then be spreading out a part of our our revenue, our profit that's generated from that program into R&D, developing up new products for other diseases with with a grounding or foundation of inflammation. So, in terms of that regulatory approval,
0: what milestones and regulatory hurdles does Paradigm anticipate as it progresses into phase three, the trials and the eventual launch into market?
1: Yes. So, we have a meeting with the FDA in the first quarter of 2024. Um, we are reporting on the first stage of our phase three study, was which was to... Um, identify the lowest effective dose, which is what the agency asked us to do. We now have the lowest effective dose. We're meeting with the agency um, to ensure that they concur with us, um, but it's, it's pretty much beyond doubt that we have one dose that's working very effectively. Um, we'll then get clearance. We'll move into the stage two or the second half of the phase three study. Um, it'll be around about another 470 subjects We'll start the second stage of the study around June 2024, and we should finish the um, uh, recruitment and treatment of all of those subjects by June 2025. To answer your question, what happens then? um, Once you finish the study, you need a few months to prepare all of the data. You submit it to the agency, and then say we would like to apply for a new drug application, which means here's all the data, can you concur, that this drug now has the safety and efficacy to go onto the market as a registered product, and that process from the end of the treatment of all subjects through to submitting the paperwork, etc., is um, very extensive. You have to provide within a particular format in in a particular level of detail, and they can ask questions. We respond to them, uh, but it's it's getting down now to um, only a few more meetings with the agency before we get approval. So if you'd asked me that question two years ago, there would have been many, many more steps we'd have to go through, such as filing an IND, getting IND approval. It's a lot of red tape,
0: as you'd expect. Absolutely. What about plans or strategies in place, Paul, for expanding the accessibility of IPPS to a broader patient
1: population once it is approved? Yes, well, that um, is really up to uh, our development program, we need to develop and show in, in clinical studies that the drug is working in uh, diseases such as uh, psoriatic arthritis, um, it could also be in rheumatoid arthritis. And once those papers are published um, and we meet with the agency, we can expand our label to move on from osteoarthritis or doctors can always use the product if they feel it's warranted, uh, use it off-label for many other applications. We can't promote it off-label, but doctors can say, well, this paper shows it works very well in rheumatoid arthritis. I've got this patient's not responding to this medication. I might try it on this patient.
0: What about, um, can you provide some insights into the collaboration and partnerships that Paradigm might have had with other healthcare organizations, pharmaceutical companies and the like to support the development and commercialization of PPS
1: so um some of the collaborations along the way the collaboration uh, or, or the stage of collaborations we're in now which is talking to potential companies that will take our registration and our product to the mass market so paradigm doesn't have the sales and marketing experience or the expertise to be able to market it globally so United States, Asia, Europe, etc. We're talking to commercial companies right now about their interest in, in working with us. If we get registration, they can then pay us a certain amount of money and they will then take a license to do the sales, marketing and distribution of the product in a particular region, say North America, for example. So they would pay a certain amount of money and we would then reinvest that money into developing the other programs that we spoke about. So the, the collaborations um, we've had along the way would be the collaboration with Bene Pharma Chem so that we get this exclusive agreement. Then we've had other collaborations with research centers who've been very good at helping us um, progress and develop our clinical trial programs, so CROs and clinical trial centers. Um, but the uh, interest now is from uh, commercial companies to Paradigm around about um, the possibility of can we do uh, an arrangement with you that we get access to this new product, which will make them lots of money. But at the same time, Paradigm needs to make its fair share of that money
0: as well. You've touched on this before, but given the global aging population, how do you see the potential market for OA treatments evolving in the coming years? And how does Paradigm plan to position itself in that landscape?
1: Yes, well, I I think it's it's a it's a sobering idea to to think through justin that treatment of osteoarthritis hasn't progressed from the drugs that i mentioned before such as um non-steroidal anti-inflammatories analgesics Um, unfortunately some doctors have used opioids uh for for treatment of pain Um, there's been also uh, quite a lot of doctors using hyaluronic acid which is a viscous substance that's injected into the knee to provide further lubrication for the joint, on all of those drugs with and without their benefits, none of them can do what Paradigm has shown with its drug. So going forward, I think the Paradigm will set the benchmark that the drug has to be durable for 12 months and it also has to do something positive for the joint structures so that the disease is not progressing at an alarming rate, requiring people to go, you know, from age forty-five to age sixty, and then having to require will, will, will require a um, a total joint replacement. So I think um, Paradigm will set the high watermark for new therapies in osteoarthritis, and I think um, many companies have tried before Paradigm, but unfortunately have failed because they have shown through various agents agents or pharmaceutical drugs, that they've had some ability to um, make some headway, but not substantial, but some headway in um, cartilage regeneration. However, it's not had any impact on the clinical symptoms. So the pain and the stiffness of the joint persists. So you can say to someone, well, you know, we've got radiographic evidence to show you getting a little bit more cartilage and the, the patient is not going to be overly satisfied with that because it does nothing for their clinical symptoms. The regulators know that and the regulators say you must first of all demonstrate really clear and positive clinical improvement. And then secondly, you need to be able to show that there is positive evidence that the disease is slowing down. So I think that will become... The, um, the standard for people going forward over the next um, 10, 15 years, we'll start to see osteoarthritis moving from what was once a debilitating disease with very few therapeutic options to a disease that is well managed or better managed than what it has been and offering a new ray of hope for all of those sufferers that the drug is actually giving them the, the, the pain reduction effect they're looking for and at the same time, knowing that the disease is not progressing. And
0: just to follow up on this, Paul, and uh, a final question to you, are there any recent breakthroughs or developments in the field of osteoarthritis research that you find particularly exciting or engaging and believe could complement the work being done at Paradigm?
1: Uh, I think that's a great question, Justin, and I think about that sometimes, but it's interesting to note that When uh, Paradigm presented its recent data at a large orthopedic conference in the US in in May 2023, Paradigm was the only company out of 10 companies that presented it that actually had um, synovial fluid biomarker data. And we were the only company that showed that we had duration of effect. And we're the only company that actually showed that we had positive improvement in cartilage thickness. So I think in answering your question, I think what would be probably very important for other companies out there to consider would be maybe they should use their agents after the patient has received a course of PPS. So PPS becomes the the, the drug that settles down the disease, starts to stop the progression of the disease and then add their drug on top of that. I don't think that we, we think that um, we're in a position where we need to have somebody else's drug uh, used first, but I think that's the way it will go. I think people will say, why don't you um, treat the subject with a, a course of PPS first, and then apply the new technology. And th- that's happened in a few cases actually, with quite quite compelling um, outcomes. There was a, um, a very small study that was done where subjects were treated with pentasand polysulfate sodium first, and then given um, autologous stem cells into the joint, and that actually um, proved to be quite successful. So I think that would probably be the way of the future. That a lot of company, or a lot of Samsung companies will think, well, this will be the the intervention to really slow the disease and allow the regeneration to occur, and then apply their drug on top of that. Because there's no point putting um, a very effective drug into a very hostile environment. It becomes very difficult for that drug to perform to its maximum potential. But when you reduce the, the environment of the joint, like the disease, which is, I often say to people, it's like a, a raging bushfire. There's no point standing there with a garden hose thinking you're going to do anything, which is what a lot of the other drugs are trying to do, like a, a garden hose on a, on a, uh, a wildfire is not going to be effective. However... If you were to reduce that, that 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 fire down to a manageable level, um, a garden hose could then actually be quite effective. Paul Rennie, CEO of Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, thank
0: you very much for your time today and best of luck in 2024. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Justin, and thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you today. Much appreciated.